Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. Uh, this is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, to Puma. Welcome in, brother man. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right, Jay. You know, it, I kind of had to, you know, unplug from the uh, Super Bowl outcome for a little bit. Uh, this is really the first time talking football with anybody uh, over the last, oh, what is it, like 72 hours or so? You know, mm-hmm. after you know, factoring in like when the game ended. Uh, but no, it's it's great to be back and pretty much like the end of season podcast for you know encapsulating the Super Bowl. And I know we got some thoughts on that and some thoughts on mm-hmm. some off season stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, can't wait to do group therapy with you, Jay. But how are you oh, doing? Oh, dude, don't even ask, man. Don't ask. Like, you know how you've known me for a few years now. You're my best friend. We talk about this a lot. You know my quirks and my ticks, right? You know yeah. that this time of the year I get very depressive because the sun is not outside, the football season's over. But this is the first time in a long time, actually for my whole life, that I'm glad the NFL season's over. Oh. With with just with just how how badly the AFC Championship game ended with the refereeing and how how the Super Bowl itself was basically decided on a on a on a ticky tack call um for the first time ever i am excited that i don't have to confront the nfl product for another seven months like that's how that's how badly the nfl broke me this year (laughs) wow (laughs) yeah yeah so you know with that being said i'm sure you guys have already seen it uh the chiefs won in a nail biter 38 35 in a game that was a great game truthfully for the longest of, of the of time but um, the the big deciding moment in that game was that flag for holding on Bradbury and Juju Smith, which basically um, decided the game. So, you know, Chiefs won the game. Congrats to them. You know, they've got their second in four years. Um, they're on their way to being a dynasty, not a dynasty at the moment just yet, because I fairly believe that three Super Bowls in a span of five to eight years is what's considered a dynasty. So two, they're on the cusp. So let's let, let, let them win another one and there'll be a full-on dynasty. But, you know, off that Super Bowl win, Puma, what's your thoughts? What what did you feel like was a deciding factor? Who impressed you the most? You know, just give me your general thoughts on the Super Bowl. I mean, besides not counting the, and you hit it, the, the ticky-tack rough, you know, the, the holding call. I mean, sure, by the letter of the law, like, okay, it was holding. Bradbury even admitted it himself. But I feel like when it came to plays like that uh, during the game, I, I, maybe it's just my own wish, wishful thinking or, you know, rose-colored glasses. But I, I felt like the refs were letting them play through the whistle a lot like short of whether or not it was a catch or not which you know nick costos put out a great tweet on twitter saying you know who shot jfk what happened at roswell (laughs) what is a catch in the nfl and i think that that was the big thing uh for the game up until that point the only critique i had from this referee crew was what is a catch and what isn't a catch um but to the x's and o's of what decided the game the vaunted pass rush of the Philadelphia Eagles for all intents and purposes. I know the offensive line was great, was really neutered. They, they, I know they got a couple of pressures up there. They had a couple of hits on Mahomes, but you know, it was after he got the ball uh, out of his hand pretty much, but he was never uncomfortable in the pocket. Uh, even mm-hmm. after he rolled his ankle up, uh, which I thought that was about the game set and match. Fake. But then you saw, you know, some of the acting on the sideline, in my opinion. Mac Jones is like, ah, ah. 
at one point my nephew was like did he grab the wrong ankle <laughs> <laughs> i was waiting for him to get the purple heart the medal of honor um yeah. but you know i mean all intents and purposes like maybe it was the field and, and a combination of the offensive line for the chiefs being that good but the defense, which I thought was going to be a big strength go for the Eagles going in this game, was really negated. Did not show up. And Did not they show didn't up. show up. And But we had this conversation before the Super Bowl, Puma, about how I truly believe that Eagles defense was a little overrated because we ran down the list of yep. opponents they had this year, and there was no elite-level quarterback they played this year. They played Dak Prescott, who hung a 40 on them. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers had some success on them. But this year, Aaron Rodgers isn't that elite number one quarterback, right? So, like, there was no Josh Allen Burrow or, like, you know, Mahomes on their schedule, and this came back to bite them in the ass. Like, you saw, the, you saw, you saw a defense that had no idea what was going on. Like those two touchdowns that they ran the little um, like stick route and then back out with Kadarius Tony and on the other side I believe it was Sky Moore. Yeah. It's the same exact play and both times that defense is left holding the bag. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, did you guys even show up at all? Right, and it's funny because Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator for the Eagles, just got a job as head coach for the oh for God. the Cardinals. But like all intents and purposes, like I'm not putting that on Gannon. I think that was more so like the player executing what the actual game plan was. But but what's your thoughts on the fact that they let me ask you this. Did Patrick Mahomes make any tough throws in your mind? Because in my mind, there was a lot of soft coverage. Like mm-hmm. basically the reason why Patrick Mahomes only threw 480 yards and a lot of it was dinking and dunking, the fact that his biggest completion of the game was 14 yards is because that Eagles defense was playing some of the softest coverage I've seen all year long. I was honestly shocked. I was like, why are they playing off and why aren't they pressing at the line? Mm-hmm. Well, isn't that kind of the, the motif? I mean, I know they, they they like to play too high a lot throughout the season, so that might just be the defensive identity at that point. But I feel like they might have just been trying to dare the Chiefs to you know actually run the football uh, which which they did well, know, which they did. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco took the bay, and we said it last week. Like he's the hardest running, you know, back that I've seen. You know, for you know, for frankly, for the season. I mean, he really was trying to move, and even after he got popped by, I think it was Bradbury, he actually he got lit up. He had to leave the game for a little bit. Um, I. I just I, I'm not really putting that on Gannon. I think that was more so like the defensive identity of the team as a whole for the season, and plus just really execution wise. Yeah, yeah. And on top of that, I think you saw the severe coaching disparity between Nick Sirianni and Andy Reid. And obviously, we get it. Andy Reid, you know, has been around for years on end now, and Nick Sirianni, Nick Sirianni is a newer coach in the league. Um, but you saw Andy Reid just ate his lunch. He, he mm-hmm. did. He simply ate his lunch. So, you know, congrats to the Chiefs, man. Everybody's going to be praising them. You know, they deserve it. Um, but in my opinion, Puma, I truly believe that Jalen Hurts outplayed Patrick Mahomes. Oh, the I think so. Thing that, that shocked me the most was the fact that Jalen Hurts, A, threw the ball really well, and B, ran the ball really well. Like, some of these stats like that we have from the game are absolutely jarring. Like, in total... Patrick Mahomes equated for about 220 yards of offense, 180 throwing, about 40 rushing, where Jalen Hurts was 304 yards passing and 70 yards rushing, which is close to 375 in total of total offense. Um, and that was a shock to me that for some reason, you know, Jalen Hurts was asked to do a lot more 
when the narrative was that team with the Eagles was just so so much better than the Chiefs that it was going to be more of a well-rounded game by the whole team. In reality, Patrick Mahomes had to do a lot less. Like he's the one that you know relied on his team heavily to to kind of like you know help him through the through the through the game. So I, I was super impressed with Jalen Hurts. I think the kid is on the rise. You know, if I had to rank the quarterbacks right now, I was thinking about this earlier. Like it probably is going to be like Mahomes, Burrow, Allen. You know, uh, Aaron Rodgers, um, Lamar Jackson, when he's healthy and right, you know, uh, at that point, maybe Jalen Hurts. Like, I was thinking Trevor Lawrence or Justin oh, Herbert. Above, um, above Herbie? Of, uh, well, I mean, I'm out on Herbie, man. Uh, what True. you see out of Jalen Hurts is pure heart. Jalen Hurts is made up of the right things where in 10 years from now, Puma, he will be a much better quarterback than and than Herbert. I, I already believe that he is. I mean, the way he was throwing the football, like, I, I get it. It's not a rocket arm. But like what he's made up with his intangibles is just stunning to me. So I would put him in that in that six, seven range right now. And if he keeps on this trajectory next year and gets better and better, I mean, who knows? He might start cracking the top five elite uh, quarterback um, rankings. Yeah. Uh, you know, everything you said about the coaching as well. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I was watching the game, obviously. And, and at times I was wondering, did Boston, did like Boston Scott and, and, uh, and Miles Sanders make the trip because I, I barely saw Miles Sanders on the field and yeah. Kenny Gainwell was getting a lot of run and Boston mm-hmm. Scott was, I think he only got eight yards in that whole game. Uh, so I was, you know, I, I know there have been games where Miles Sanders just seems to disappear. I, I did not have that, you know, during the Super Bowl on my bingo card. I did not think the whole running game was going to be predicated on Jalen Hurts that night. Yeah, it was kind of shocking to see that Jalen Hurts had 70 yards of rushing, Gainwell 21, Miles Sanders 16, and Boston Scott 8. So basically, you know, the majority, 65% of the rushing attack came from Jalen Hurts. We're on the flip side. Isaiah Pacheco had 76 rushing yards out of the total 158. Jeremy Kinnan had 34. um, And then Patrick Holmes had 40. So, you know, it was was jarring to me um, because I thought going into this game, the Philadelphia Eagles were going to be able to do whatever they wanted. Um, and they did for the most part, but when it mattered the most, it seems like that's when the inexperience or the coaching lack, uh, or, you know, whatever it was kind of really showed through for those guys. Mm-hmm. Now I know this is probably a little bit off script, but where do you see like these teams moving forward, like next year in the way too early predictions, like, you know, maybe that's a segue, but I mean, what, Good, to wrap this good up, segue. Very to nice. wrap this up, you know what I mean? Like to take your chair for a minute. Where I do like you it. see where do you see the, the Eagles and, and the Chiefs, you know, moving forward? Well, so back-to-back Super Bowl titles are a hard and tricky thing to do in the NFL. We know, you know, the last time it happened was 0304 with the Patriots, and it's one of the hardest things to do in all of sports. So if I'm just using that logic, then by that logic, the Chiefs will not be there in the Super Bowl next year. If I had to guess right now, I think the Eagles will probably make the NFC Championship game, probably against the 49ers again. And then on the AFC Championship side, I think it'll probably be Chiefs versus Bills. I'm still like, put it, put, put, put it this way. I was between Bills or or the Bengals taking on the Chiefs in the, um, in the what you call it, um, AFC Championship game. And, and I just thought that I'm going to give the Bills one more try, man, just because I know those guys are so close and like on the edge. So if I had to pick right now, give me Bills versus 49ers in the Super Bowl. Um, but then again, we'll, 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 you know, fine tune those predictions as the years go as the year goes on. 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I think the NFC is just is so weak compared to the hell in a cell that the is known as the uh, AFC. I think the Eagles are definitely going to be back in the dance. I think they're going to be in the NFC Championship game. And I also co-sign with the 49ers being in there. Um, I, I just think the Eagles are going to go back to the dance. I think they'll be in the Super really? Bowl. So I'm looking, I'm looking at a Eagles, you know, Bills matchup as well, too. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, like this is the last dance for the Buffalo Bills, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like if they don't push, if they don't punch through next season, like now you're going to start seeing that team get dismantled a little bit just because of the cap situation that they're going to be up against. And, you know, is that coaching staff still going to be there if they have a, let's call it, you know, for what it is, uh, an abject failure like they had this season. So I think if they don't push through that, you know, they don't get off that plateau and they get to the Super Bowl and ultimately win a championship, then I think there's going to be potentially some changes coming in Orchard Park. Uh, But, yeah, give me the Eagles going back to the dance. Just the the, the NFC is just so weak. And who knows? Like, I know Brock Purdy was a great great story, but, like, is is Lightning going to strike twice again next year with him? Like, you know, who knows? Probably not. Yeah, and you're spot on right with the um with the Bills side of that of, of that house, man. Because I do believe the Bills are probably a losing streak away from imploding. I mean, you started seeing mm-hmm. some of the cracks in the foundation this year in the uh, playoff game against the against the Bengals, where you know Stephon Diggs is holding his hands up to Josh Allen, and a lot of excuse making came out of those exit interviews with the GM and, and the and the coaching staff. So. You know, I I think that team next year has to start off hot with the Buffalo Bills, and they've got to ride it through, man. And, you know, it's it's just sad because, you know, we're both Bills fans at this point. We both like Josh Allen, but I the the difference in in level of play between Josh Allen and not even Mahomes, but even Burrow at this point is vast. You know, like you're starting to see as great as Josh Allen is with his arm, like his turnovers are are still some of the – some of the just some of the most dumbest plays I've ever seen. So, so we're hoping you know he can correct that. Now, if we had to open this up, besides the the usuals, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the Chargers and Justin Herbert, and if Lamar Jackson is happy and he's playing well with the new offensive coordinator and Todd Munkin, we'll hit on Lamar Jackson later on. Do you see anybody else besides the big you know four or five uh, making it out there? Uh, do you see a dark horse? Is there a is there a Philadelphia-esque team this year? Because I know we all had Philadelphia doing well this year, but nobody thought they were going to go to the Super Bowl. Nobody thought Jalen Hurts was going to take this team to the Super Bowl, right? So is there a dark horse team out there in your mind that that is kind of just right there at the at the heels trying to make it to that spot? I'm going to go down to Duval County. I'm going to go to Jacksonville. Oh, nice, like, nice. I'm going to go, I'm going to go there because I feel like th- that that was a very young roster, and I think they're going to figure out a way to get Evan Ingram back there. And he looked every part you know, throughout the season as the guy that the Giants took out of Ole Miss missing the first round years ago in the draft. So, you know, and Trevor Lawrence got those, you know, that playoff experience. He shook off the four interceptions and he led that massive comeback against the Chargers. And the the division is weak as hell in the AFC South. And I'm saying that knowing that it's probably going to be Tannehill back there at quarterback again. And you have Mike Vrabel and Derrick Henry on his last leg. But I mean, I'll take my chances with, you know, Jacksonville making some noise again and possibly going for a deep playoff run. Like I think they're going to win the AFC South. And would I be shocked if 
they maybe moved it past the cha- you know, division round. Not at all. And I think if that's the case, you know, all bets are off. I think they could be the ultimate, you know, underdog story in the AFC that yeah. could make make a deep playoff run. How about this for a surprise? Mm-hmm. Mac Jones and the Patriots in the oh, Super Bowl. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just had to get triggered. I'm not that stupid. But how about let's think outside the box here, right? What about the Detroit Lions? What about the Detroit Lions? I mean, what's your thoughts on that? <laughs> they they would have been in the playoffs. Like if if Seattle, yeah. if let me put it this way, yeah. if if Baker Mayfield did not have that boneheaded play and threw the mm-hmm. interception in overtime, uh, Detroit's in the playoffs, and who knows what would have happened with you know the, the grit from Dan Campbell's team. But yeah. no, I, oh, I don't think that's a bridge too far. Right. I I yeah. think that's that is fantastic. I don't think our nation is ready for a Detroit Lions Super Bowl. <laughs> Could Can you, you imagine, imagine Lions Bills? Oh my God, we don't have the infrastructure for that. We do not have the infrastructure for that. Uh, okay, let's think a little bit more outside the box. Let's say, let's say Sean Payton can somehow turn around Russell Wilson, right? Let's yeah. walk walk with me here, right? Okay. So before Sean Payton got hired on with the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Saints were the New Orleans Aints, right? And year one with the Saints, he was what in the NFC Championship game? Is that correct? Do I have that correct? Year one, uh, that or was year two. two, year two or three. Okay, year year one was like kind of rebuilding after Katrina. They were actually playing at home for the mm-hmm. first time that season. So let's let's um, let's assume that this Denver Broncos roster is way better than the roster he took over in New Orleans. Correct, I and mean, we can all agree on that. Mm-hmm. And let's say he can fix Russell Wilson. Now that's a big if, right? Obviously, that's the big caveat here. It is if he can fix Russell Wilson. But I'm not gonna lie to you, Puma. The more I look at that roster and with Sean Payne's offense, I really do think they can give the Kansas City Chiefs a run for their money. Like, and obviously, this is a big caveat with Russell Wilson playing well. This is Russell Wilson going back to Legion of Boom Seattle days. If that's the case, man. Well, then if that's the case, he's just going to be along for the ride. Well, yeah, but I mean, he, you know still, I mean? he still made his plays. He still rolled out. He still started running downfield. And let's be real. The last four games of the season this year, he started coming alive a little bit. He threw 10, intercept- 10 touchdowns. I believe it was zero interceptions in the last four games. And he had the Chiefs on the ropes until he got his concussion. So I'm just saying, if we really want to get nuts, how about the Denver Broncos? I mean, that's the hope, right? Like, that's the hope (laughs) for the Walton family. Like, they just gave Sean Payton the keys to the car. Uh, But you know what's going to happen is, like, if this doesn't work out, like, George Payton is somehow going to be out of a job, and Sean Payton is just going to take over all player personnel decisions. Well, wasn't Um, George Payton on the uh, Russell Wilson trade? uh, He was. So I think I think if this doesn't work out, I do think he should he should probably lose his job. I mean, it sucks to say that you know you never will call for somebody's job, but I, I think I feel from like the, the Walton... previous ownership group was in on that as well too. But I mean, the Waltons don't sure. care. Like that wasn't yeah. that wasn't their deal, and they they signed this guy to a contract without even seeing him play. So mm-hmm. like all that being said, like you know his previous draft hits that he's had, like that's going to be null and void if they don't make noise in the playoffs for sure. Um, I don't think it's a bridge too far. That defense is great. Even when they, mm-hmm. you know, they traded away Bradley Chubb, um, you know, it's just going to come back, come down to, you know, can those guys stay healthy? Cause I know that they were kind of the walking wounded at times during the season and a couple of major injuries, uh, you know, with some ACL tears and whatnot. But 
I, I think they could definitely make some noise. They could p- potentially be like the no fly zone 2.0 that the Broncos were in the 2015 run that they had against uh, when they played in the Super Bowl against the Panthers, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely think they could they could do they could do that for sure. Um, yeah. What's another? Let's get nuts. Another the Jets get with nuts. the Jets with Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, that's a that's a big one. Well, now is it going to be a Rod or are we going to have a different quarterback going up there? Like, who knows? I'm assuming it's going to be Rodgers when he comes yeah. out of his ayahuasca dark cave, you know, retreat <laughs> that I think he is starting today because he did yeah. a hit for a Pat McAfee show today and it, it didn't look like he came out of a bunker or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he so, said he said he pushed it off till towards the end of this week because he wanted to go on Pat McAfee show. Surprise, surprise. Um, if, if he doesn't yeah. come out of that cave, if that thing doesn't open up, I'm not going to miss him at all. Um, <laughs> I just wonder if he's going to be doing like press communiques, like, you know, early 2000s type of deal coming from a cave. Yeah. Um, anywho, um, no, I think if, if Rogers is in there, sure. The jets have a, have a puncher's chance. Um, you know, that, that defense is elite as well too. And you know, that, playmaker and the the pass catching guys take a massive bump up there um it's just going to come down to in my opinion like how is nathaniel hackett going to actually call Mm -hmm. offensive plays Uh, because i mean he wasn't really that great when he was calling plays in previous stops and when he was Mm -hmm. with the packers he was just the quarterback coach for his boy a rod so now it's like well do we have mike lafleur like 2.0 back there or are we going to get like a Mike McDaniel, Brian Dable type of offensive mind all of a sudden out of Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. All right. So let's think about somebody else here. Um, what do you fall on the Tennessee Titans? What are they doing? Are, are they just basically done at well, this point? It seems I like mean, they've got no quarterback. It seems like the rush is falling apart. It seems like offensive line might not be that great next year. I, I think Mike Rubb was in for some lean years, man. I think he's in, some, in for some lean years too. And I, you know, he pretty much ran the general manager out of that building after the Eagles, you know, curb stomping where mm-hmm. AJ Brown, I think went off for like three touchdowns. Um, but no, I mean, Traylon Burke, you know, considering the concussion and he had a couple of, like, I think he had a hamstring injury early in the year. He showed promise as a potential like replacement for AJ Brown. Uh, yeah. But, you know, we have come to, in my opinion, we have come to the end of the Derrick Henry, King Henry train. Like mm-hmm. the tread on the tires is showing and the offensive line is not making anything easier for him. And, you know, you don't have that dynamic threat on the outside that you have with AJ Brown. So like you can't really live off of the play action. So if, unless Traylon Burks is going to take that massive step forward in year two, uh, it's going to be some pretty lean years for sure. Mm-hmm. That's why I have Jacksonville winning that division. Yeah. Okay. All right. So one of the teams that is going to be squarely in the mix next year, if they have a, a quarterback and that's going to be the, the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson um, reports came out over the weekend that obviously the um, Baltimore Ravens are going to franchise tag him. And the thing that caught my eye in the Ian Rappaport uh, report was basically, you know, the Baltimore Ravens could be swayed into trading Lamar Jackson with a lucrative deal, right? A lucrative package. So that's the first time, in my opinion, that anybody has floored the idea of trading Lamar. 
And I believe, you know, Ian Rapport is the NFL media uh, reporter, so he gets a lot of inside information and funnels through him. I believe this is massive because this is the first time somebody's acknowledged, probably from within the Baltimore Ravens organization, that they are willing to move on for him. Um, what's your thoughts on that report? And do you believe, you know, obviously it'll take a lot to move off of Lamar Jackson, but what do you think the report's coming from? And do you, do you buy it? Oh, that's coming from ownership. That's coming from Biscotti and 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 or Bashotti because Biscotti's a cookie. Uh, but good yeah, that's coming too. from. It is a good cookie, but no, it's definitely coming from the ownership box. Especially you know when you think about two or three weeks ago, where John Harbaugh w- couldn't shut up about how Lamar is his guy and he expects Lamar to be back and they're going to work through the, the contract situation. Now all of a sudden it's like, well, we're going to tag him for sure. And if we get a Don Corleone, you know, I'm getting an offer that I can't refuse type of deal for the trade assets, you know, Lamar, thank you for your services. Best of luck with your future endeavors. So, like, that mm-hmm. is Pashadi essentially telling Lamar because Lamar is his own agent or, or his mother acts as a quasi-agent type of deal. That is Pashadi saying, like, you know, there are going to be other avenues that we can explore, that we can mm-hmm. look for the future of the team. And, you know, I know the ownership group, you know, will probably say like, oh, look what Brett Hundley did in, in relief. It was three games and somehow homeboy made a play, you know, made the Pro Bowl. That's a different story. Unless yeah. oh. unless they're just simply factoring in or they're looking that far down the road to see, like, what is the quarterback class going to be like for the next three years? And that's something mm-hmm. you can probably speak more towards than me at this point. But you know, maybe they're just reading the room. They're looking at the AFC North and it's like, okay, like it's really Joe Burrow. It's us. If Lamar's there and is Kenny Pickett really the guy and Sean Watson, like, is he, you know, coming, is he getting Le'Veon belled here and he missed a whole year? Is he really going to recapture like his glory days from the, from the Houston Texans per se? Like maybe they're just looking at the room and saying, if we can hit in the draft, then we could probably compete with Joe Burrow, maybe worst case, make a wild card spot. Maybe that's like the calculus that's factoring in their head. Um, ultimately, I think they're going to tag him. They're going to figure out a long-term deal because they don't want to lose Lamar as an asset, not just for winning, but just for bringing people in Baltimore to that stadium. I believe they won't get a long-term deal done. I believe they're going to franchise tag him, try to squeeze one more year out of him. Mm-hmm. And I believe after this year, they're going to either move move him or he might walk, which I doubt he'll walk, but they'll probably end up moving him for some trade assets. I think Bashadi is looking around the NFL, and we had this conversation a couple times now. Is Lamar Jackson going to beat Burrow, Allens, Mahomes on a consistent basis? No, he's not. Simply put, he's not, right? He's not going to be able to outgun Joe Burrow alone in his um, in his uh, division. When Deshaun Watson is healthy, engaged, and not fondling massage therapist, he's a much better quarterback than than Lamar Jackson. So I think Bashadi sees the landscape. He sees what his team can and can't do. Um, I think we saw that in the Super Bowl with a quarterback in Jalen Hurts who's run first. Get lose to a quarterback that's just special throwing the football, and and that's what it is. That's what it comes down to. Like you've got to have a special throw of the football in the NFL, and as special as Lamar Jackson is, he's not that. So 
couple that with the fact that I think Bashadi wants to send a message. I think I've had this conversation with you before about how Bashadi, Jerry Jones, Robert Kraft, these seasoned veteran NFL owners, I think they're trying to take the league back. I think they're trying to corral mm-hmm. this NFL quarterback market. Like what the, the Haslam's did was like just spitting in Bashadi's face, basically. And I think he's trying to set an example with Lamar Jackson. So couple all that with the hiring of Todd Munkin, this, this is the one part that kind of doesn't fit into my narrative is the fact they hired Todd Munkin today and Lamar Jackson had input. Now, obviously, if you made your mind up about Lamar Jackson, you probably wouldn't ask for his input, right? Um, you'd probably be like, oh, whatever it is, it is what it is, what it is. We'll just make it through for this year and then figure it out next year. But, you know, that's where, where my little narrative falls apart is the hiring of Todd Munkin today with, with Lamar Jackson's input. You actually just took my next point, you know, right out my mouth when I think Bashadi is just trying to corral back the 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 free agency market because Jimmy yeah. the, the Haslam's completely torpedoed that with the fully yeah. guaranteed contract, and you know you could look at the the injury history per se uh, and his his playoff performances to be quite frank, like the, I don't think they're going to. <clears throat> justify giving this dude, you know, the, a blank check essentially and guaranteed money. Um, Todd Munkin is definitely interesting. Uh, it was kind of funny because I, I honestly had Cliff Kingsbury go, going there ultimately to try He's to carry around that offense. But, well, it sounds like he came back from Thailand. He's been interviewing oh. for some jobs. So Has he really? Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, huh. I don't know if it was through Zoom with him drinking a mai tai on a beach in Bangkok, <laughs> but or, or wherever, because I think Bangkok is. A city I, I in hope the middle of the country. I hope I hope for Cliff Kingsbury, t- like you know, for Cliff Kingsbury that he took his girlfriend and wife with him to Thailand because middle aged man Thailand. Yeah, that's you know. some questions. Uh, that's that's for pfr after dark um you know i'm just saying i'm just saying saying it looks a little weird i'm just hoping he took his girlfriend with him you know yeah you're laid it up pretty thick uh (laughs) but no it's gonna be interesting i can make so many inappropriate jokes right now but i won't (laughs) you know we could we could definitely go that way it's roll the dice um but you know devon duvernay is is gonna be wide receiver a family show (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah fun 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 for all for, you know fun family show here yeah well they're gonna have to figure out getting you know playmakers out there because you know not counting mark andrews like it's Devin duvernay at wide receiver like that's that's your be all end all so are they going to be in on the deandre hopkins market to have him with lamar like maybe i don't think that's a bridge too far but now is that really gonna help get lamar or like you know, a blank check pretty much, unless he's just going to, like you said, play out on the tag, see what they do this year. And if they make a deep run and he wins more than one playoff game, then he gets the, he gets the long-term extension. Um, I think a lot is going to be hinging on his performance this year, assuming he is not traded on the tag. Well, I mean, like, I think DeAndre Hopkins, you know, obviously is a viable option, but I, th- I don't think his skill sets match up with Lamar Jackson's skill sets. I, I truly believe Lamar needs pieces around him like uh, like a Julian Edelman used to be, right? Or Mark Andrews is obviously perfect for him. I would, if I'm those guys in the Baltimore front office, I'm looking at that Gronk Hernandez tight end model and trying to mimic that. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find a way to, I know it's not going to happen, but try to go to Gronk and be like, listen, do you want to come back for a year, man? Like, do you want to catch some touchdown passes? Like, I, whatever you got to do to somehow mimic that like tight end duo, that the Patriots had in the early, early like, 
11, 10, 12, 13. Um, that's what you got to do. You, you got to complement his, his skill sets. And getting him a burner down the field, like, it's not going to do well for him. Mm-hmm. But so. is DeAndre Hawkins even a burner down the field anymore? He, uh, he's not, but he he's technically a guy that stretches the field, correct? Like, he's a guy Fair that enough. attacks all the numbers. He's a deep to intermediate route runner. I would, I would, I would try to focus on somebody in the draft. Maybe if Hunter Renfro can be shaken loose from the Ravens, mm-hmm. Hunter Renfro would be would be absolutely dynamite for for Lamar Jackson. Um, speaking of the Raiders, reports came out today that Derek Carr has officially been released by the Las Vegas Raiders. Yep. Uh, reports came out last week that he met with the New Orleans Saints. They had a good meeting, and a trade deal was being worked out between the Raiders and the Saints for his services. Obviously, Derek Carr has the no-trade clause, so he has all the power in the situation, and he let it be known that he is not going to accept the trade to the New Orleans Saints. Thus, the uh, thus the, the Raiders were forced to release him today. So with all that being said, where do you think Derek Carr plays next year? Well, the, he they were forced to release him because if they didn't release him today, they would be on the hook for, the forty, hook for million forty million guaranteed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I honestly, I think it's going to be it's going to be an NFC South team now. Whether or not it's the Saints or it's the Buccaneers, then that's open to interpretation. Um, you know, whether or not he goes to the Jets if the uh, the, the New York Jets lose out on the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. Uh, I think that's going to be the backup plan, but honestly, I, I think it's going to be somehow the Saints. Like I, I think that's you that think might so? be the case. I think so. I think it might just be coming down to you know he didn't really want to give the the Raiders a solid. It's like yeah, you can trade me here and you get draft assets. Like no, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna release me. I'm gonna sign potentially sign wherever I want. And not yeah. only that, Jay. Like because they released him today, they don't even get like a comp like pick for this dude. So like the Raiders wow. completely bungled this whole situation with yeah. how the contract was worked out. Like 3 days after the Super Bowl, you have to find a trade candidate or you're going to be on the hook for 40 million guaranteed. So they were they were it was a squeeze play. They were it was inevitable that they were going to cut this man. So like mm-hmm. if you're a team, why would you trade assets when you could potentially get this dude for pennies on the dollar and you keep your draft picks there? Because the Raiders were in a lose lose, and now he gave that he went buff on ghoul to him, and they're not even <laughs> going to get a comp pick for this guy. So, I, yeah. I think it's going to be definitely an NFC South team. I think you the know, Saints are ahead in the in the, in the dark house. Yeah, Saints, Saints are a good spot for him. They've got a good core of offensive weapons, Valvin Kamara, Chris Olave. Um, you know, they've got a good defense, and the only thing I have a concern with is their head coach. I, I don't believe Dennis Allen is anything special, so you know, that's a good spot. But when you said MC South, you know, he would work really well with uh, who he would work really well with Frank Reich. I feel mm-hmm. like with Frank Reich and what he, Frank Reich is putting together a powerhouse staff in, in Carolina, this is one of the underrated storylines of the week so far because the Super Bowl is going on. But, you know, he just hired on, what was his name, Jim Caldwell. He basically yep. got him out as an offensive assistant. He hired a great offensive mind, great defensive coordinator. So, you know, I, I think I think Carolina is doing something special. I think they're obviously a couple of years away from competing. But I'll tell you what, if, if I'm Derek Carr and I want to resurrect my career, I go to Frank Reich. Like, listen, man, like, hey, man, I know we might not be great this year, but if you can, you know – provide me with a two or three year guarantee i'll give you everything i have and i promise you by the end of that three year stretch i think Derek carr would be a great quarterback and that panthers team will be awesome as well 
Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen. Obviously not. But, you know, it's, it's a great spot for him. Right. I, I feel like, you know, Dave Tepper might have just accepted reality that they're going to have to get young and they're going to have to find their franchise quarterback because they've been burned so much with the Sam Darnold experience and, and Baker Mayfield. And, you know, who knows if maybe Matt Crowell might have been the guy if he didn't get hurt in, in training camp. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they they burned draft capital to get Will Greer and that didn't work out. Um I just don't know if they're going to try to hitch their caboose to like another veteran quarterback. And I'm not saying he is the same as those two bozos. I think he's a, he's light years ahead of where those, you know, of uh, you know, Mayfield and Darnold are, <clears throat> but I, I feel like they're, they're going to try to find their guy in the draft. It, who, now that's not beyond the realm of they, they have the honest discussion with Derek and say, listen, we're taking mm-hmm. a quarterback in the draft. We will sign you for like the veteran minimum type of deal on like a prove it deal. You'll be the guy for this season. This guy will sit behind you and learn the whole process of what being a quarterback in the NFL is. And the following season, we'll see where we're at type of deal. I don't think that's the bridge too far. Well, this was quite the fall from grace, wasn't it? Like, wasn't Derek Carr the, 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 you know, the hometown hero basically for, for the Raiders. Like, he was he, an MVP candidate him. in the like oh, mid 2000s. So he broke oh his Oh my leg. God. People loved him before the season started. People were talking about the Raiders being a Super Bowl contender. And like, you know, you just saw it. You just saw he just didn't have it. Like there's something about him where he kind of freaks out and just throws the ball into bad situations. Like that's the best way I can paint Derek Carr in a nutshell is he has all potential in the world. He had all the weapons in the world. He had a great offensive mind, in my opinion, Josh McDaniels this year. And he just, he just, for some reason, never got the system and he just freaked out way too much. And it's funny what the preseason narrative was around the Raiders and Derek Carr. And now where we are now, him getting released a year into his new contract. It's, mm-hmm. it's quite the shift in what happened, right? Yep. Yeah. Life absolutely. comes at you fast in the NFL. It does. And who knows? Maybe Mark Davis might have been squeezed a little bit for cash. Uh, maybe yeah <laughs> yikes yeah but that's um, the Derek Carr sweepstakes who would have thought you would have had Derek Carr and the word sweepstakes just mashed together I know right I know yeah but I mean I think you, you make a good point it's probably going to end up being the Saints for all intents and purposes and um, it probably if the Jets are an outside contender, if obviously, you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't land with the Jets, then they got to figure out what they're going to do next year in quarterback. They, they can't go into the draft because they don't have two or three years to develop another guy on that roster. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't go with Zach Wilson. So uh, Derek Carr could be a, a backup for the Jets. And it's another thing, too, like, you know, reading the landscape. If you're Derek Carr and you want to make it to the playoffs again, mm-hmm. Is the route that going to be easier in the NFC or the AFC? I would yeah, you're right. For NFC. NFC team. Yeah. So you know, who knows? Maybe he goes to Washington because uh-huh. they're going to be out on Wentz. Like that was the report that came out. Hell, I think that came out Super Bowl Sunday in the morning. Uh, that you know, it looks like they're going to find a way. That they're going to part ways with Carson Wentz after they completely obliterated their cap this season, trading form and, and assets. Uh, yeah. You know, Taylor Heineke, I, I love Heineke, but he's not the guy. Howell showed promise, but, you know, again, it was one game at the end of the year. You know, do you th- is it beyond the realm that Derek Carr and Sam Howell compete? And if Derek Carr wins it out, like, okay, you have Derek Carr and possibly Eric yeah. Bieniemy, who's been 
linked heavily to, to that job as an offensive coordinator. And I think uh, Greg Roman was interviewing either today or tomorrow for that job. I think if, I think it's going to tell where Washington is going to go. If, if they hire Greg Roman, I think they're going to try to look at the athleticism of Sam Howell. If they go the other route, maybe they look at Eric, B, you know, Derek Carr possibly coming in on the cheap. Who knows? The NFC East, in my opinion, is not the NFC beast as some people like to claim it is. Um, but that's just my two, so two cents. Let's 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 get a little, let's get a little nuts, okay? okay? Let's say Bill Belichick decides he's not sold on Mac Jones, okay? And he mm-hmm. wants a veteran quarterback in camp to push Mac Jones. I think if I'm Derek Carr, I listen to Bill Belichick and see if I can go over there and try to resurrect my career. They got Bill O'Brien now, who obviously is a great offensive mind. They've got decent enough weapons on that roster. Like, I know everybody likes to show the Patriots weapons, and I get it. They're not elite. But Devontae Parker, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry, John Smith, Ramondre Stevenson, there's a good nucleus of, of, of weapons there. And I truly believe that Bill Belichick is not sold on Mac Jones. He said it so many times that he's not going to go ahead and you know name him the starter over the whole year. So, do you see a scenario where Derek Carr could end up in New England and potentially push Mac Jones? Yeah, that, or he could just push the ball down the field as a starter on opening day. I don't think that's beyond the the realm of possibility either. You know, you get a bit on the cheap. You're playing under the you know the guise of the wizened you know, guy on the mountaintop and Bill Belichick. Like, no, I, I don't think that's beyond that's a bridge too far to cross. I, I, I could definitely, but if he's going to like an AFC team, that is not mm-hmm. the New York jets. I could see the new England Patriots being a potential landing spot. And <clears throat> I mean, I'm here for like the, let's get nuts scenarios all the time. Anyways, yeah. can you imagine the narrative of Mac Jones lost out to Derek Carr? Ugh. Well, in my, in my mind, Mac Jones at his best, at his best, is Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. So why not just negate all that development and spending two or three years on trying to develop him to become Derek Carr and just go and get Derek Carr? I mean, is that does that make too much sense? <laughs> no, and plus, like, you don't have to go, you don't have to deal with, like, the, 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 the mental trauma, per se, that Mac Jones had of working with Joe Judge and Matt Patricia and Bill Belichick calling offensive plays. Like, you have a guy that literally has no attachments to that coaching staff last mm-hmm. year. He can just yeah. drop him in there with with Bill O'Brien, and I mean, let's be honest. Like Derek Carr, yeah, he can push the ball down the field, but it's not like he's not he's not the check down Charlie guy either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he he's, yeah. he can check it down all day if he want him to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I just I just find this whole Patriots thing fascinating this year. You know, it'll be, it'll be fun to see how that pans out. But mm-hmm. um, but other than that, man, I've got I've got nothing else to talk about. Do you want to hit anything else, or do you want to wrap it up for the day? I think I think that's it, man. I mean, next thing you know, well, the draft will be around and free agency and all that nonsense and more coaching carousels. Who's going to be these new guys, offensive coordinators? So it's going to be fun to watch. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, let's plug it up and let's get out of here, man. All right. So this episode of the pod and previous episodes of the Pro Football Radio Podcast can be found on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere else to you get your podcasts at. Be sure to subscribe to the channel on YouTube and you'll be notified when we have our video scheduled to go live and you can tune in. Uh, also hit the notification bell and also check out the feed for previous episodes that you might have missed. Uh, Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review. Google Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review as well too. Social media-wise, Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast, 
Twitter at PFR Podcast. I'm on the Twitter machine, Brando underscore Puma. And Jay Chima, the captain of the ship on the ones and the twos, is at Jay Chima. Be sure to hit us up on social media. Follow us during the offseason for any updates. And, uh, you know, we'll talk to you next whenever there's some breaking news because, yeah, it's the offseason, but is there ever really an offseason, Jay? No, sir. The NFL season does not sleep. And because of that, we do not sleep. Nope. Rise and grind. See you guys next week. Peace. Fire con Dios.